Woo, it's Friday. We're halfway through the Friday show. Blaine and Mickey, we're just cruising towards the weekend like a meteor, just shooting through the atmosphere towards the weekend, <laughs> right along with all of you, Blaine and Lucas. By the way, we had a big Blaine Lucas segment earlier because he pressed a button and then he was talking in our ears and and then like he's doing all these things. He's sending me Adam Schefter tweets, which just really ticks me off. And now this, here's the latest. So my son looks me dead in the eye. He goes, I want a Ronaldo jersey. And I said, Ronaldo? And he goes, and he wears a Titans jersey almost every day. Like that's, he just asks for Titans jerseys. And so today, or yesterday rather, he was uh, Vince Young. He still has an old Vince Young jersey that one of his friends gave him that he proudly wears. Okay. So he said, I want, I want a Ronaldo jersey. And I said, okay. And he go, I said, well, which one? And he, go, and he was dead serious. He said, his Jeep jersey. I said, his Jeep jersey. And he goes, Dad, Jeep. And he made like, if you're on Zone TV, like he was driving a Jeep, which he's infatuated with Jeeps. So, Lucas, I don't know. I don't know if he likes Jeeps more or Ronaldo more. But he listens to the show sometimes when he's in the car. So he knows what's going on. So, A, as you said earlier, hat tip to Jeep because advertising works. And B, all your soccer talk. And blame me, we're all in, man. We, we like soccer, too. But I got a kid who I think is about ready to play this game, so I got to learn a whole lot more. I got to drag his butt to a Nashville SC game coming up, too. Love to hear it. I love to hear it. Ronaldo plays for Juventus in Italy, whose sponsor is Jeep across the jersey. So it's Rabble, right? Rabble. So Rabble will be growing up playing soccer and driving Jeeps. Love to hear it. You guys should watch the U.S. Men's National Team final in the Gold Cup together on Sunday and the Nashville Soccer Club game. What has gotten into the U.S. men? Were they favorites to do something in this Gold Cup, or, or are they playing above their heads right now? Uh, Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, they're always a favorite to get to the final, but this is kind of a bit of a hodgepodge group, not a lot of the A team, so to speak, a lot of B.C. guys as Berhalter tries to evaluate for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers. But uh, it hasn't always been pretty, but they've gotten to the final. And, look, USA-Mexico is always appointment television. I don't care if you like soccer, if you hate it, if you love it. It's always appointment television, especially in a final. All right. I'm trying to catch up with the soccer, but who, who was that? The player that just signed uh, uh, signed all this millions of dollars that he just signed for like last week or something? Who was that? I thought it was one of those guys signed like for, uh, I want to say it was Messi. Sound for like some crazy four hundred million dollar contract. Uh, that's that's pretty routine. <laughs> a guy like Ronaldo Good and Messi. Lord. That's that's somewhat routine. Like a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, he's the most followed person on Instagram. Well, if my son had Instagram, he'd follow him. Most followed person on Instagram. So guys like that, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, it's nothing. Is his are his posts on Instagram? Because I know you follow him. Is it like great team win today? Uh, I really, you know, the boys really booted at home, or is it like hair product recommendations from him and like pictures of him getting in his Lamborghini? Post it. I guess when yeah. I start posting some stuff, I, yeah. I, I don't have to get the four hundred million. I just get the four million. Truthfully, I don't follow him, uh, but he does have. Oh him. man, you are a fake person. Oh, you I don't, don't even believe this. Is what you're saying? He's got three hundred twenty million Instagram followers. Three hundred twenty oh million, and he. I mean, it's a lot of like training photos i'm looking at it now training photos like modeling photos <laughs> oh, uh, man but My, yeah it's, it's oh, a lot a lot of stuff but I, I i love that i appreciate that about rabble mickey that makes me happy yeah, I'm literally here's him selling cologne on here oh yeah yeah okay 
training videos and they're all staged where he's like his hair is perfectly quaffed and he's okay <laughs> well i gotta buy a G jersey for a six-year-old listen so. he's he's like the tom brady of of like international soccer as far as how old he is and looking like he's about 20 like he's the guy that looks younger n- now that he's close to 40 than he did when he was 20 kind of like brady that's cristiano ronaldo Okay, so he doesn't eat like white bread or biscuits or drink sweet tea or anything like. This, Have you guys seen the subway ad with Tom Brady? Yes, it's where very he walks good. in at the end and he's holding a sandwich, and Steph Curry goes, "Dude, you don't even eat this stuff," and he says, "It's a commercial." <laughs> he admits that he doesn't eat it. Oh my gosh, that is fantastic stuff. Uh, all right, we teased this, so we got to play it, Blaine. So Mike Rabel got asked today, like motivating factor and. And it got into, like, national perception of the team. And and all those guys like to poo-poo that. Like, we don't know. We don't care inside the building. But then he kind of adds something. Lucas, if you could play this, and it turns into a, a good long answer about a lot of different things, but Mike Vrabel on uh, motivating factors. Here we go. That, that can't be our motivating factor. You know what I mean? We, we've got, uh, got a lot of work to do. Um, and it just this league is just so um, – there's a fine line between winning and losing and having a great season and having a good season and having a having a poor season. So, you know, we're going to focus on on what's going on here and what's happening and how we have to improve and, and hopefully can can string together. We're you know, going to move on to third down. We know how big that is for us. Um, that'll be you know the, our emphasis for this afternoon, this evening, and the walkthrough. And then, you know, hopefully we can come out and and try to compete in, in some third down tomorrow. All right, he didn't hit it. I think Lucas is looking for the maybe the other part of the answer where he was talking about this. But he, he essentially said, Blake, I mean, what? We're going to get picked 12 or 14 like we always do. And then, which I always wonder because it gives us great stuff. To, and Lucas will look for that specific audio. But he, that's essentially what he said. You know, we're always picked 12 to 14. That's, this is, it's fun for us to talk about. Like, oh my gosh, the Titans got picked 12th or 14th or, Tannehill's not in the top 10, but we always kind of think nobody down there really cares. But I would imagine that could be motivational as a player if you feel like somebody doesn't give your team or you at your position or your defense or offense, whatever it might be, enough respect. That kind of thing might motivate me if I heard it. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, it it depends on what's your mental makeup and what gets your uh, kitchen going and getting that fire lit. Uh, for me personally, it was always anything that slighted uh, the team at, at any time, uh, you know, the Titans organization at any time, because, you know, a lot of people that's covering teams, they're kind of looking at names and rosters That's you know, and they think, okay, uh, this probably is the better team. And you say, well, you know, they, they probably are better, but this other team over here, the Titans, they got a whole bunch of, you know, put on the hard hat, and they got a couple superstars. I mean, you better watch out for this team. They have a better nucleus, and they play as a team. And so that's what I love about football. You don't have to have the best players. Remember I brought that up, like, um, you know, typically when you put, a like, a superstar football team together, it's not like NBA. You got to be able to gel, and everybody has to have their role, and you have to relish your role and don't get out of it and sometimes play better in your role, if called upon. Uh, so that's what I love about team sports. Right. Oh, so, yeah, I, I would use it all the time. I, I would try to take anything, whether uh, media, whether player, if it even hinted at anything that uh, 
myself or any of the players or the team uh, weren't very good. Uh, yeah, I, I would be lit. I, a matter of fact, I might have been sometime when I go out there and start hitting people at practice. They go, damn, what's wrong with him? Mm. Yeah, well, that day I read something that I ain't like. Whether it was about me personally or about what they said about the team, and I felt like y'all should be taking it just like I do. And then they would look at me like, "No, nah, we don't take it that way." Go, well, <laughs> that's the problem right there. You should be. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, that is the problem. All this goo goo and laughing and crap doing walkthrough. You need to uh, be focused on what you're doing. They ever thinking we're a piece of crap? I don't know about you, but I've never been part of a piece of crap. That's it. They didn't say that actually. They didn't say we're a piece of crap. No, that's what I turned it into. <laughs> they said we were 15, and that's a piece of crap. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, they, you know, they, they crapped on us. So yeah, I think uh yeah. Lucas has the uh you, you have the uh Vrabel response here. Here we go. Set it up. Oh, and I think that we're we're in the Apple Belly. We we get um, it's an honor and a privilege to play in this league. Um, you know, the, the, the preseason power rankings are out. At, we're probably in our normal customary spot anywhere from, you know, 14 to 12, normally where we land every year. <laughs> oh, I don't pay any attention to that stuff, but we're usually 14 to 12. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, you don't play as long as he did no without doubt. being motivated. I mean, that dude, he had to fight for a spot in the league. Then he goes to the Patriots, and that's a fight every day probably to keep what you're keeping up there. And then to be a championship-caliber player and to be a really great, really great, good good to great player on those teams, I think he made a pro Bowl up there. So good enough, great enough. Yeah. Then he goes to Kansas City and finishes out his career, and by that time he's the older veteran. He's teaching the young guys. Let me tell you something. you got to have some motivation to do that. You know what's going on, or you don't have the career that that guy had. So he's still got one eye on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. That's why I said it's your mental makeup. And especially to that blue collar, regardless if you're a starter or backup uh, guy that, you know, this really good player, and you start in this league, you're a really good player. But you have to have that edge to you uh, to be able to, you know, play at that level each and every snap uh, of your career. Uh, and Vrabel was one of those guys. And that's the only difference between me and his career is that he got him some Super Bowl rings. <laughs> and I did not. So, uh, and he had Tom Brady. Yeah. But I think Vrabel pays attention. And as a head coach, you know, it's probably somebody telling him something and then he kind of goes, looks into it. And, you know, but because he's focused on trying to get the team better, the players better individually and make sure uh, that he's on top of all the things that he needs to do to be successful as a coach. And I think that's one thing you can tell about Rabel. That's where the player mindset comes into play is. I think he evaluates himself uh, weekly and daily about things that he could do better to actually help the team, just like a player would. And I think that's very beneficial. uh, And that keeps an open mind and being very critical on you as a coach, just like you are as a player, because nobody can be more critical of yourself than you as a player. So when a coach is in there MFing me the whole time, I'm thinking, well, dude, I, hey, I already, I'm disappointed myself right there on that too. That will never happen again. I don't even need you to tell me that. So, but that's, they got to do their job. And I think that's what Vrabel does. And I, I think that's why he's had a lot of success early in, in his head coaching career already and having that kind of open mindset to reevaluate and not to think, oh, I've arrived and now I'm a head coach and I can sit back and relax. I think he continues to do the, that daily. 
All right. Normally, Buck Rising joins us on Friday, courtesy of oh, our friend. Oh, he ditched us? He's ditched us. Normally. Oh, man. Yep. He stuck he, him out there in a tent all week. He, and he, ditched he crapped us. on us. He sure yep. did. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Now, you know what I just said about people crapping on us. Yeah, we take notes. Yeah, we remember. We take, we take notes. Yeah, I don't even see Lucas trying to come to his defense either. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, he's looking at him like, hey, man, my microphone doesn't how work. He's out there hobnobbing with the big wigs. He's out yeah. there. Got a tan on. He got his his old visor on backwards right now. His, his, his beard is glistening. Flamingo as- shirt. His beard is glistening. <laughs> Yeah, well, he is, he is normally brought to you man. by. Hey, man, he better make sure he got his britches up there, man. Don't get too big for yourself now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. His work uncles keep notes. Uh, yeah. Normally, Buck is on with us, brought to you by Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned salespeople. No Buck this week. We had Jill Jelnick from Fox 17. And coming up next, it's like we don't have Buck. We'll get a lawyer in here. Dan Lust said to join us at Sports Law Lust on Twitter. This dude's going to break down everything that's going on with the Big 12. And, and ESPN tampering and the Cleveland Guardians not owning their own website. Yeah, there's a lot to get to next with Dan Lust on Blading Mickey. Blade and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. It is Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us. Love spending our week with you. Hopefully you got a big weekend plan. Maybe you're going to be like the – Cleveland Guardians, and you're going to spend the weekend trying to write to your website. <laughs> okay, there's so many crazy things going on in sports right now. We wanted to get a lawyer. So we got our buddy Dan Lust. He's been on the show before at Sports Law Lust, the busiest man in the world right now on Twitter. He's been on every network. Dan, thanks for carving out some time for us again. Well, we're very quiet. He's coming in. He's very stealthy coming into this segment, it looks like. Lucas Penzica. This is the hashtag Blame Lucas show. So, Lucas, have we got him? Dan, we got you? All right. We'll continue to – we got to get him a different phone maybe. I said he was busy. He's been on every network. He's been everywhere. Dan Lust, the sports he's probably lawyer. On the phone talking to the uh, Cleveland Guardians. I mean, uh, India or uh, whatever name they're going to be. Spiders. After, after a roller derby team that already had the domain name. And so we're going to get in that because Mickey is really perturbed about that uh, because he didn't like it, regardless of some Guardians is related to uh, the city or not. <laughs> but, so I don't know who did that. Somebody made a huge boo boo. And to me, that's where your lawyers and everybody else needs to be coming in. Uh, that that was not. That's, I don't know if that was, uh, you know, fan friendly, and that's what they wanted to go with, and they didn't check. But man, that that was a uh, uh, somebody uh, made a, a grave mistake there without checking. So I guess I'll let Dan tell us once Mickey uh, introduces him. Yes, Dan Lust at Sports Law Lust. Dan, I was seeing how busy you were. Then you were so busy, like your phone was blowing up, and we lost you there for a second. But uh, let me ask you this: as a lawyer. Would you recommend Googling before you change your mascot name just to maybe see if it's actually available in your market? I think so. I think so. And I think you're right. My, my phone is just so hot from all these calls. It literally just imploded for a split second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, here's, like, the, the real question. Like, I, you know, you guys know I was joking, right? Like, did they Google it? I'm sure they Googled it. But that leads you to uh, probably a worse scenario. 
if you knew that the Cleveland Guardians had a website and there was a roller team in your own backyard, and I'm sure they, they'd love like a $20,000 check, why wouldn't you offer it to them? And why wouldn't you settle that before you announce the name? Because now, right, you have no leverage. Even if you're a billion-dollar baseball team, you need the website. Go to Yankees.com. Go to RedSox.com. Go to any Major League Baseball team, and it gives you that website. So, yeah, I, I don't know how they get around not cutting a, a blank check here. I think the Guardians, the, the Roller Derby Guardians, the OG Guardians, have all the leverage in the world. So let me ask you, what might something like that have cost, or could it have been like maybe if it's a one-time fee, if it's a small usage fee that you pay every year, something like that, versus like what kind of big check do you think we're looking at now or for perpetuity? So this may, I guess I'm going to give you guys an exclusive. I spoke to the person with the uh, roller derby team that bought the website back in 2014 for $10, $10. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, this is legitimately $10. I saw the receipt. Uh, so, I mean, what does something like this go for? There's not that many comparables. We don't know this, but I remember a couple of years ago, and, and maybe you guys will remember, the Dallas Cowboys used to control Cowboys.com, and they let it lapse, and someone else bought it out from under them. And I think the number was in the mid-six figures. Um, you know, but that's Cowboys.com. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Cleveland Guardians, right? I don't know. It's a roller derby team. Like, how, they, they'd love, like, 50 grand, right? But... Now that they have all the leverage, like what incentive do they have for going away for a number that's you know six figures, seven figures? They kind of call the shots here. Ooh, Dan Lust at Sports Law Lust on Twitter, calling the shots with Blaine and Mickey right now. Yeah, Dan. Since uh, we're, we're talking about things that are a little confusing and kind of boggle the brain, I'm not a lawyer, so that's why we're talking to someone who's a lot smarter than us, and that's you, Dan. Tell us why Deshaun Watson's case is not in criminal court with so many allegations and still in civil court. So, yeah, I mean, I guess a couple things. So people know the difference, I hope, between civil and criminal cases. Civil case is about money. A criminal case is about if you're going to go to jail, right, if you're going to have to be on probation. But some type of, like, punishment, non-monetary punishment, sometimes you also have to pay a fine. But it's more just like a crime, right? You know what you see, felonies, misdemeanors, violations. So, yeah, in order to bring a civil case, that just involves someone filing a lawsuit. Anybody can be sued for anything, and anybody can bring a lawsuit. It's another question of whether or not you're going to win. So these 20-plus women that have, uh, have these allegations against Deshaun Watson, they can bring a civil case, right? All they have to do is hire a lawyer and file some pieces of paper. Criminal case requires an independent third party, that's the district attorney's office working with the police, to agree to file charges. Um, now, just bear with me for a second. Civil cases that, you know, that anybody can file at any point in time, the burden of proof there is like a coin flip. It's basically 51%. If you prove guilt by 51%, a preponderance of the evidence, you win your case. Um, now, over in the criminal court, uh, to acquire something a little bit higher, something called beyond a reasonable doubt. Everyone's heard that on Law & Order, but that kind of means something like you have to prove guilt by like 90%, 85 90%, a lot. So that's how guys, and you know, obviously you guys know the OJ case, right? He was found innocent in criminal court because maybe you didn't get all the way up to 90%, maybe you got to 75%. But in civil court, he was found liable and had to you know, pay all that money and give over his Heisman trophy and all that stuff. So right now... I think the DA's office is struggling as to whether they can get to 90%. Uh, 
the DA's office is not going to take the case unless they feel pretty confident they could get there. So that's why you have all these civil cases percolating and people are trying to say behind the scenes, hey, if 20 civil cases, like wh why hasn't the DA's office taken the case? What more could come out that could lead them to take the case that hasn't already come out? So I think it's a fair point. Um, I think it's premature to say that Watson is not going to get charged criminally, but fair that we haven't had anything and it's been a couple months. Okay, now, Dan, well, Dan Lutz, uh, you know, sports attorney for everywhere in the world, pretty much, <laughs> Fox Sports, but I, I guess put this in, you're in the sheriff's uh, position in Roger Goodell, how would you go about, you know, if you were going to suspend or not suspend, or will you just kind of let it play out like it's playing and let the criminal, you know, or, you know, justice system kind of take its, its course? So here's where I find it so fascinating. Goodell hasn't done anything. He's just kind of sat there. I was thinking he was going to wait to make a decision until Watson reported to camp. And then Watson reported, and Goodell basically said, we, we're not doing anything yet. So the reason I find it a little odd, you know, across the pond in Major League Baseball, they're dealing with somewhat of a similar sexual assault allegation with Trevor Bauer, another high-level player, another guy paid millions of dollars, reigning Cy Young Award winner. He's charged with sexual assault, some really messy allegations. But what did Rob Manfred do? We make fun of our – I make fun of Rob Manfred a lot, but I think he probably did the right thing here. Trevor Bauer was supposed to pitch on July 4th weekend, and Dave Roberts' manager over at the Dodgers said, yeah, I mean, what are we going to do? He's got to pitch. I don't know, you know, unless Major League Baseball does something, you know, who are we to say he can't pitch? So Manfred came in and took the decision out of the Dodgers' hands and put him on something called the administrative leave list basically like paid leave. You're not suspended, but you can't play, but you're going to get paid in full by your team. The NFL's version of that, Blaine, as you know, is called the commissioner's exemplist. Same right. concept, same exact thing. You get put on paid leave while an investigation is ongoing. So Manfred did it, and uh, I don't know, it's not binding, obviously, on Goodell. It's a different sport, but public relations-wise, optics-wise, I would find it very odd if Manfred did that to Bauer and Goodell did not do that to Watson. Watson's got 20 cases. I mean, it's kind of unprecedented to have that many cases and not face some type of discipline, and also kind of unprecedented to have that many cases and for no crime to result. So I think there's a lot of trends and, and signs pointing to at least a trip to the commissioner's exemplist. We'll see if a crime or a suspension occurs, but I, I'm still predicting a trip to the commissioner's exemplist for Watson. Well, with Dan Luss, uh, sports attorney for ESPN, CBS, and Fox Sports. Dan, and I appreciate all this this transparency, basically, that you're giving us non-attorneys. I appreciate it. So for a Texans fan or a Titans fan who's just curious with what happens with the Texans, so, I mean, on the eve of the season, if nothing's happened, if you're Deshaun Watson and his lawyer, just do you just go try to settle with everybody or do you do you wait it out? Like, what's a timeline until there's some kind of a resolution for all of these cases and then things can further take their course with more or less discipline or whatever from the league. Mm. Yeah, it's, the timing question is, is the fascinating one here. So, you know, if he settles the cases, it's not, it doesn't mean he's going to not get punished. It doesn't mean that he's not going to get charged in criminal court. Um, so keep that in mind. Settling the cases doesn't end potentially criminal court or suspension. It just kind of speeds up the time frame. So let's say you had one case, and there was only one you know, civil sexual assault case, similar, you know, uh, just any, any type of one civil case. So you don't have to be sexual assault. Cases generally take at least a year to go from beginning to end, and that's on a normal discovery track. Discovery is a fancy term to say, like, you're exchanging photographs and direct and messages and 
you know, any type of evidence that could be secured. And then you have something called the deposition. So people have seen the, the social network movie, and you know, we've seen the office episode when they have the deposition. Like a sworn testimony, but in like a kind of conference room. It's not a trial. So here, right, they didn't do the normal discovery track. That, like you do, dep you do discovery for a couple months, and then you have depositions. Deshaun Watson's lawyers seem to have asked for a deposition date after the next Super Bowl. So that's in February of 2022. So that's the, I mean, that's the date that the depositions are going to occur. Trial, I don't think, would occur for another couple months after that. So you're looking at at least a year from today for a case to reach resolution. And mind you guys, that's only one case. Now, there's obviously 20 of these cases, a little bit less, and the number's kind of fluctuating. But when it gets to trial, you don't try these cases all at the same time. You try them back to back to back to back to back. You do all of them, you know, in a row. And the trial could take a week to do. You have 20 trials. It's another 20 weeks. And, you know, I'll just kind of uh, take you kind of in the eye of the storm. I've told you that these civil cases are kind of like a coin flip. It's kind of a he said, she said deal, right? Was there consent or was there not consent? So, I don't know, it's kind of like a 50-50 deal. Right? We'll see what type of evidence comes out. But Watson can be one of these, right? It's a coin flip, 50-50. But just mathematically, it's very hard to beat all of these cases back to back to back to back. And mind you, right, imagine Watson at trial. Imagine the images that come out from that, you know, and him doing the walk in the, in the suit in court, in the, in the court. I, I can't see it happening. I really can't. I think it's in his interest to get these resolved and avoid kind of making testimony under oath. But if he wants to fight it, I mean, this thing's not going to go away. I'll, I'll put it at a year. If he really wants to fight it, a year, a year and change. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Dan Lust, our guest. Let me ask you this. A bunch of us are learning new legal jargon and legal terms like Elle Woods that we can use in everyday life as a result of all this going <laughs> on in the sports world. What is tortious interference, and has ESPN done this particular heinous act to the Big 12, in your opinion. <laughs> Those are some big words. Those are some very big words. Um, what, like it's hard to go to Harvard Law School? I know my Elwood's folks here, you guys. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you the uh, Oklahoma, Texas, just the, and the SEC Big 12, those, the buzzwords here for legal-wise. Big 12 sends a cease and desist letter. People kind of know what that means. It means stop or else. If you do the thing that we're accusing you of doing, if you do it again, we're going to sue you. Um, so here's the allegation, and, and I'm sure everyone listening to this kind of knows the gist of it, but Bob Bowlesby, commissioner of the Big 12, sends a letter to ESPN. It says cease and desist, and the accusation is something called tortious interference. Uh, fancy term, it's not that complicated, but I'll, I'll kind of walk you through it. Um, let's say person A works for uh, a company, right? We'll say the company is called Company B. So person A has a, com a contract with Company B, and all of a sudden we'll say, C, just like some random guy, helps person A break his contract with company B. Um, that's something called tortious interference. This C guy helps A breach his contract. So B would go after the person that breached their contract, that's A, but they would also sue this third party, C, who helped them break the contract, almost like a facilitator, almost like a broker, someone that's helping you do something to go after them. So that's, that's the gist of this lawsuit. Uh, the lawsuit, the cease and desist. Bowlesby is saying that ESPN was trying to help these uh, remaining Big Eight schools, not Oklahoma and Texas, the other eight, helping them try to go to a different conference. And that, at least according to sources, is the AAC trying to make a play to pick up these, uh, you know, these remaining Big Twelve schools. Massive allegation. Uh, I don't know if the lawsuit is imminent. Um, I just know that you don't threaten that. It's kind of unprecedented for a conference commissioner to 
threaten a lawsuit against a multi-million dollar media entity. It's just kind of unheard of. No doubt. Dan Lust, our guest at Sports Law Lust on Twitter. You got to follow him now. I guess, Dan, you know, it's all, I don't know how deeply you've dove into this with the Texas going and Oklahoma going to the SEC, but what could they do to get out of the contract of the Big 12 sooner than later with the least amount of penalty? I know they're talking about this 70, 80 million or what have you, uh, but is there any way they can get out of it before 2025 and play in the SEC and what would that look like? Well, Blaine, you asked me if there's any way. There's a really messy way, but it's, I think, the way Oklahoma <laughs> have envisioned. Um, Bob Bowlesby is the commissioner. I think he, he kind of hit the nail on the head and is calling out Texas and Oklahoma for exactly what their plan is. Uh, he, he had a kind of a loaded quote to a reporter last night, but he essentially said Texas and Oklahoma's plan is to both and create so much instability in their wake to basically make the conference fold. Um, and that's why I think Bowlesby's kind of coming out swinging and basically telling people, hey, back off my schools, stop going after them. If the Big 12 does implode behind Oklahoma and Texas, um, all that would require, right, two other schools or maybe three other schools to say we're going to do the exact thing that Texas and Oklahoma are doing. We're going to leave, right, um, at some point when our rights expire, we'll leave. I'll just kind of give you a little bit of issue spotting. The Big 10's grant of rights, uh, similar to the Big 12 deal, Big 12 expires in 2025. My understanding is that the Big 10's contract for grant of rights expires in 2023. So when they renew with a new television network, they're going to want to have all the schools on board. So if the Big 10 goes to 16 teams, right, they, they kind of have to do it in the next year or so, just the way the timing works out. So if you're a Iowa State, right, or you're Kansas, kind of geographically close to the Big 10, do you want to be left holding the bag when the conference realignment musical chairs go up? Uh, you're probably going to make the same calls that uh, Oklahoma and Texas did. So if the Big 12 ceases to exist prior to 2025, then seemingly no payment obligations by Texas and Oklahoma. That's why if you read their joint statement, which is very odd that Texas and Oklahoma, two schools that you know, are rivals, send out a joint statement uh, to the press that they're going to leave, they're going to explore their options in 2025. I think it was a brilliant maneuver to basically say, hey, we're not going to do anything wrong. But, guys, um, if everyone wants to go their separate ways, we're good with that, too. Mm. Well, real quick, though, I know we got to go, but Notre Dame, BYU, these independents, what do you think is going to happen with those uh, universities? They can, I guess, hold Pat and not do anything, especially a big brand like Notre Dame, but would that be advantageous for them down the road? We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm just seeing that there's all this talk about, you know, reshuffling if the Big 12 really goes under, right? Keep in mind, guys, like, there has to be some type of conference realignment. SEC is going to have 16. Big 12 is only going to have eight. Uh, and the Big 10 is trying to keep pace with the SEC, right? They have 14. They want to get 16. Um, I just, I can't see a world where we don't see more schools move. 2011-2012, as you guys know, was the last episode of conference realignment. And one school moves, and it sets off this pattern across the country. So whether it's BYU maybe going to the Big 12 or, you know, Notre Dame going to the ACC, I could see it, but we're about to see a ton of moves here. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Ooh. Dan, uh, great stuff, man. Thanks for taking a bunch of really complicated stuff and, and making it so simple that even us two dummies could understand it. Uh, <laughs> well, Blaine's not a dummy. He's actually a doctor on TV. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> but, Dan, thank you. People need to follow you now at Sports Law Lust. Thank you, man.
Yeah. My pleasure, it, guys. And shout out to Van Santos, a big fan of the show, a fellow uh, fellow lawyer in uh, in your part in Nashville. Ah, love Thanks. it. Shout out to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get you on again soon because the sports world and the law world just keep colliding. Yeah. And they just don't stop. Yeah, no doubt. We'll get you on again, Dan, to talk about T.R. Tart. Oh, that's it. That's <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. All right, we'll come back. We'll finish up the show. We'll call our shots next week. You want to jump in 615-737-1045 on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Boy, this is soothing right here. This this might bust up some people's feeling soothed right here. Sam Monson, our buddy from uh, PFF, is saying the Colts because there's if you just joined us or you don't have internet, uh, Carson Wentz hurt his foot. Nobody knows how bad it is. Everybody's got theories. Sam Monson just said, uh, "Why not just get Marcus Mariota?" Titans fans, you talk about being in your feelings. If you saw Marcus Mariota. And I don't care how he played and how it ended. That is a beloved man in this city. When he was having his one game for the Raiders last year, people lost their minds here. Blaine, if that rascal trotted out in a Colts uniform, I mean, that would be like when Darth Vader was like, I am your father. I mean, that would be like, <laughs> what? What? That would flip people on their, on their upside downs. Uh, I'll just say it like that. Yeah, that just flipped me upside down. Just like <laughs> that. that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, it, and unfortunately, is you know, and I always would say this, you know, uh, he's such a great guy, and uh, you wish him all the best. But when he's playing the Titans, I wish him the worst. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, uh, if they want to trade for him, go ahead. I hope they get the worst version that he ever was for the Titans. <laughs> that's how much I want the Titans to win over, uh, you know, an actual player. Uh, okay. Stay healthy and all that. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't want anything to do with the Colts and beating the Titans. They've done enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. For enough. Uh, yeah. For some generations now. <laughs> yeah. It's time to reopen that can. Oh, and Peyton Manning and, and some guy named Luck who had didn't need any luck. And the one year that you sucked, you sucked for luck. Like, they were great. Then the one year they have the problem, oh, luck's available. This is going to work out great. Yeah. But, hey, all I can say is Marcus Mariota is a heck of a competitor. And the game that we saw that he was talking to, you, you Mickey was talking about, I think was it against the uh, Chargers? I forget who it was against. Oh, I think he that's right. Phenomenal. I mean, the best version I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And – uh and he got rest. He got his body back right. And he looked like what you thought he would be. And I thought Derek Carr would no longer be the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders at that point in time after that game. And he got healed real quick from a growing strain brain. Yeah, it was odd because they said he was going to miss a couple, two or three games, and he played that next game. Oh, somebody, Mr. Miyagi, that rascal's groin. I mean, like, pow. All I like can say is I've never seen – Anyone, and I mean anyone, ever throw the ball to themselves and score? <laughs> Marcus Mario. Sure did. Was, wasn't that in a postseason game, too? Chiefs game. Yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah. It was in a postseason game. My man threw himself a playoff touchdown pass. That, that's phenomenal. 
All right. Lucas is about to start giving us the wrap-up signal, so we got to call our shot, but I just had to throw that out there in the university. So if you want to tweet at Sam and tell him, no, thank you, you can do that. Like Luke, you can say, no! Normally we call our shot, but I've already called my shot because I went on the show yesterday and said, if I'm the Titans, I'm going to call James Wilhoy. He's right down the street. Mike Rabel today at the end of his presser. Uh, yeah, the kickers are working with James. Oh, yeah, by the way, we just hired James Wilhoy. I, bye. See y'all. Yeah. <laughs> drop my show, Blaine. Yeah. 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 Drop this. I can't drop it. It's on a stand. I yeah. would drop this sucker if I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, since I was on the show with you, I'll just drop it with you then. Okay. <laughs> hey, Lucas. <laughs> All right, Lucas, you got a shot you want to call on the way out? USA-Mexico Gold Cup final Sunday night. USA winners. That was Boy. so inspiring. Yeah. What a way to send us into the weekend. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you did not inspire us. Well, guess what? I'm going to give a shot then. Marcus Mariota will be in a coach uniform. And I no. can't wait. That no. Oh, 3HL is next. They can take the ball and run with that. No. Yeah. Blaine and Mickey show. Have a great weekend. Oh.